the book of Revelation, chapter 1, we'll look at verses 8, and we'll also look at verse 17 and 18. Revelation 1, verse 8, uh, verse 17 and 18. Jesus said, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, says the Lord, which was, which is and which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. Verse 17, and when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, and he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, amen, and have the keys of hell and death. Father, in the name of Jesus, this glorious resurrection morning, we celebrate that you have risen. Lord, I pray for my brothers and my sisters, my friends, our partners. Lord, I thank you that you would open the eyes of our understanding today. Flood our spirits with the light of the fact that there is a living hope because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Lord, heal everybody, save every soul. Restore us today, we pray. And we give you glory for it in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Smile at your neighbor and you may be seated. Well, death started having a party on Friday night. It was one of those weekend parties. You know what I'm talking about. Lasted all the way through Friday. Friday night, all day Saturday, Saturday night. Look like death had won. But early Sunday morning, love rolled up his sleeves and said, wait a minute, wait just a minute, wait just a minute, snatched the keys of hell and death and took the sting out of death and the victory out of the grave. He spoiled the principalities and powers. He made a show of them openly triumphing over them in it. The word of the Lord today is, he was down, but he got up. I said, he got up. And if he got up, you can get up. No matter what your circumstance might be, you can get up. The scripture says that had the princes of this world known it, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. They thought they had him down for good. They were having a party down there, but like I said, he got up. And we as Christians, we we stake our entire claim, we stake our entire belief on the fact that our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, was raised from the dead. And this is what this celebration this morning is all about. You know, Jesus said in John 11, he said, I am the resurrection and I am the life. And whoever believes in me, though he may die, guess what? He will live again. And because he lives, you and I can live also. The thing that I have in my spirit for this Easter day is that there is a a raising There is a lifting to all who will call upon the name of the Lord. 
You see, when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, He raised you from death to life. In Ephesians, it says, But God, who is rich in His mercy... You know, thank God for the mercy of God. If it wasn't for the mercy of God, I'd be in hell today. Instead, I stand in this pulpit by the grace of God, celebrating our 30th Easter celebration here at Heart of the Bay. It's because of the mercy of God that you and I aren't in hell today. God, who is rich in mercy for His great love wherewith He loved us. Even when we were dead in sins, He quickened us together. By grace you have been saved. Now notice in verse 6, I want you to read that with me. And has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Love the Amplified. It says this, He gave us a joint seating with Him. You have past tense been raised with Christ when you received Him from the dead. Now, did you know that there's also a future raising that's going to take place? Look with me at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13 and, and verse uh, 14. It says, We have in the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Read verse 14 with me. Knowing that he which raised the Lord Jesus shall also raise us also up by Jesus and shall present us with you. Say this with me. He that raised Jesus will raise me up at the last day. Did you know that our future is up from here? We're not always going to be sitting here. There's coming a day when the trumpet's going to sound. And in the twinkling of an eye, you and I are going to be raised up. But not only is there a past raising, if you will, and a future raising, but there is a current lifting. There is a current raising that is available to us every day of our lives. And I believe with all of my heart that there is an upward call on all of us. You say to me, you know what, Pastor, you know, that sounds great. But there are so many things in this past year that have just kept me down. There are so many circumstances that have come my way. And there's, there's so much that I, I seem to be dealing with. I, I, I like what you're saying, but I, I just don't know whether I can tap into it. The things that keep you and I down from time to time, it is the gravitational pull of the world system. Did you know that this world's system is not designed for you to get ahead? You see, there is a curse in the earth. And it comes under the law of sin and death. There is a law that would attempt to keep us down. It is the gravitational law of sin and death. Oh, but there's another law. I said there's another law. There's a higher law now. It is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus that supersedes this law of gravitation, this law of sin and death. And it is the law of lift that lifts you up and causes you to triumph right here in the nasty now and now. 
Just like when you take off in a jet, you know. There's the gravitational pull trying to hold the jet down. But the law of lift pulls it up. Let him lift you today. No matter what your current situation may be, I believe and I prophesy and I make a declaration into this atmosphere that there is a raising and there is a lifting for you this morning. You know, Paul said it like this. He said, this resurrection power will lift us out from among the dead. Question I have for you today is, do you need a lift? Now, I'm not talking about facelifts. But have you ever needed a lift in life? I can remember one time I was going out to Modesto, and I think to meet your brother at a television station to do a television broadcast, and I ran out of gas. And so some I needed a lift. So someone came along the road and said, do you need a lift? I said, yes, I do. Look at your neighbor and say, how about you? You need a lift? I don't know about you, but I need his lifting power every day of my life. And so what I had in my spirit for this Easter morning is I want to look at some scriptures with the word lift and the word raise in it. Turn with me, if you would, to Psalms 27, and I want to look at verses 5 and 6. It says, for in the time of trouble. Now, we all face trouble, but there is a place called secret, the secret place of the Most High that you and I can go to. In the time of trouble, he will hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. Now, notice verse 6. Read it with me. And now... Shall my head be lifted up? Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing. Yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Now let's just work with that verse for just a moment. Because God is so good. And because he he loves us so much. He hides us in his place. The secret place. And I love the fact that when life gets difficult, I can go to the rock that's higher than myself. And in the presence of God, there comes an envelopment of resurrection power. There comes a peace that is beyond our understanding. There comes A presence that supersedes, if you will, everything that we're going through down here. And when we go to that place called secret, we begin to get his vantage point and see things the way he sees them. And then he said, as a result of that, because I've been raised, now my head shall be lifted up. In other words, my head was down at one time, but now I'm keeping my head above it. Now look at Psalms chapter 3 and notice with me a couple of other verses that speak of him being the lifter. Psalms the third chapter. And notice with me in verse 1, he says, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Now that's not the kind of increase you want. 
But whether we want it or not, it seems like sometimes trouble just increases. Okay? Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Now, notice he didn't say just a couple of people. But he says, many are they that rise up against me. Next verse. Many are they which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. Have you ever been there? Maybe your relatives just kind of shook their head. My, 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 my. Maybe some of the teachers just kind of shook their head. There ain't no help for him in God. Look at this fool here. But notice the next verse. Are you ready to shout? Look with me at verse 3. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. You are my glory and you are the lifter up of my head. Say with me, you are my glory. And you are the lifter up of my head. So he's talking about that God will rise up. Against our enemies. And David really is speaking of a time where things were extremely difficult. His sons were coming against him. He was on the move and there was just such an increase of trouble trying to take over his kingship. And really what this verse speaks of is this verse speaks of restoration. David is literally saying that he will restore me to the state from which my enemies have cast me down. Think about it a moment. Did you know that through the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, there is restoration available to you and to me? There is a restoration of joy. There is a restoration of health. And there can even be a restoration in your relationships. Somebody help this preacher on this Sunday morning. There is a raising, there is a lifting. David said, restore unto me the joy of my salvation and uphold me with your free spirit. There was a day where Jesus was doing some things on the Sabbath day that the Pharisees, quite frankly, were not happy about. They were upset. And they said, how can you heal on the Sabbath? How can your disciples do this and do that on the Sabbath? And Jesus, operating in the wisdom of God, said to them in Matthew chapter 12, He said something that's very significant because it shows the absolute tendency and the love of the great shepherd for his sheep. And in Matthew 12 verse 11, He said unto them, What man shall there be among you? That you'll have one sheep and it fall into a pit on the Sabbath day. Will he not lay hold on it and lift it out? In other words, the picture is this. Is the shepherd saw a sheep that had gone astray. And he didn't really care whether it was the Sabbath day or not. He didn't have religion on his mind. He had restoration on his mind. He saw one of his sheep fall into a pit. And he stopped everything that he was doing. And he went into the pit 
and he lifted the sheep out. Sometimes in life, life seems like the pits. There's sometimes that life doesn't seem fair. Maybe it's a bad report from the doctor. Maybe it's a son or a daughter that has rebelled. Maybe it's a relationship that has gone south. Maybe you don't feel as happy as you used to feel. Whatever the case may be, Jesus Christ sees us in our particular situation. And you know what? His love is so great for us. You know, if He went to the extreme and to the extent of dying on Calvary for you, how much more will He lift you out of the pits of life? And today I believe that Jesus Christ wants to touch many people's lives. Maybe you've been in a pit of sickness and disease. i got good news for you. He is the restorer of your physical being. My Bible says that He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement needful to obtain peace was upon Him. And with the stripes that wounded Him, we're healed and made whole. Maybe your relationship with God isn't what it should be or isn't what it could be. There's no guilt here today. There's no condemnation. The Lord is reaching out to you to lift you up. Amen. So that you can walk with God like you used to one day. Oh, glory to God. My Bible says that my God upholds all that fall. And that he will raise up those that be bowed down. Have you fallen into a pit? I got good news. Resurrection power is here today to raise you up. He restores health. I love this verse of scripture. I stand on it every day of my life. Jeremiah 30 verse 17 says this. For I will restore health unto you. And I will heal you of your wounds. Think about that for a moment. I will bring restoration into your physical being. But not only that. I will heal you of the wounds that perhaps you have been wounded of in life. There's a lot of wounded believers around. They've been wounded maybe by a church. Or they've been wounded by people. Been wounded by life circumstances. But I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying, through the Lord Jesus Christ, as He said, when He stood up for to read on the Sabbath day, He said, the Spirit of God is upon me today. The anointing is here today. And I'm announcing release to the captives. Come on. I'm announcing recovery of sight to the blind. I have come to lift those who are oppressed, those that are bruised, crushed, and broken down by life circumstances. Oh, glory to God. I'm going to shout from the housetops today. He is our answer. He is our restorer. He is the glory. He is the lifter up of our head. Woo! Glory to God. And I love this verse in the Amplified in Romans 8, 11. I want you to read it with me. Romans 8, chapter 11, verse says it like this. And if the spirit of him who raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, 
Then he who raised up Christ from the dead. Now notice, he will also restore to life. Everyone shout, restore to life. He was restored to life, your mortal, short-lived, perishable bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. Oh, thank you, Lord. Restoration is available. I've experienced His restoration power in my life. I can remember back in the 70s when I first started calling on the name of the Lord, my mind was broken. My mind would not work. I was subject to the law of sin and death. See, I had really brought my body down to a point of, you know, I weigh about 217, 218 today. Don't judge me. (laughs) But at the time, but it's all muscle, right? Yeah. But at the time that I checked myself into a a treatment center back in Minnesota, I weighed about 140 pounds. And my life was in ruins. I had nowhere to go. I was completely bankrupt spiritually. My body was on its way out. But the thing that took its greatest toll on me was my mind was basically gone. I could not think straight thoughts for more than a couple moments at a time. There was this complete barrage of torment about what I had done in the past. And it would be just like a a video camera just constantly playing different events and different things that I had been involved in, different things I'd gone through. You see, the enemy was pounding me with guilt and condemnation. And I sought the Lord through religion, and I couldn't find him in religion. How many have ever sought the Lord through religion? You, just, you can't find him there. But you can only find him through a relationship. And there came a day where I came and I met the risen Savior. And I received him as my Lord and Savior. And then I got filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, he was there to lift me out of the pit. You know, I believe this. I believe that His hand was upon me from the time of birth. And I believe that His hand is upon you from before the foundation of the world. In your mother's womb, His eyes are on you. And the Lord was right there, not to condemn me, but to lift me. Not to beat me with religious rules and regulations. You know, by grace we're saved through faith. It's not of ourselves. It is the gift of God. Had I done wrong? Had I sinned? Yes, I had. Was I a sinner of whom I am chief? Amen. But right there, in the midst of darkness, He was there. And right there, in the midst of your darkness, He is there. He is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I love that song, His Eyes on the Sparrow. And over the process of time, As I received the word of God, here's what happened to my soul. My mind became clear. My will became strong. My emotions went from depression to a place of strength. And I was like that sheep that had gone astray. You know, Philip Keller in his book, A Shepherd's Look at the 23rd Psalm, 
talks about a sheep that is cast. You know what a cast sheep is? A cast sheep is one that has gotten away and that has fallen over on its back. And when a sheep falls over on its back, it's unable to get up by itself. But the picture of the shepherd is, is he goes over to that sheep and begins to talk to it lovingly and begins to speak words of encouragement into that cast sheep. And he says, you know what? You can do it. You can make it. And then he turns the sheep around and sets it on his feet. And that's where Philip Keller says, the Lord Jesus Christ restores our soul. And it happened to me. He is the restorer of your mind. He is the restorer of your will. He's the restorer of dead dreams. And there's hope because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. You say, well, I never got down that far. Thank God. You don't have to get down that far. But did you know that he's right there in your situation currently to lift you? I want you to look at 1 Peter chapter 1. And I want us to notice verse 3. Hallelujah. Say with me, he is my restorer. He is my lifter. Oh, thank you, Lord. Glory to God. You do not have to experience death at an early age. I'm speaking prophetically right now. You do not have to die young. And the reason why a lot of people die young is because they just lose hope. And they just give up on life. And there's despondency. But I say by the word of the Lord today in Psalms 91, that His will and His plan for you is long life. In Psalm 91, 14, He says, with 16, with long life, will I make you miserable. <laughs> he didn't say with wrong life. No, He said, with a long life. With long life, will I do what? With long life will I satisfy him. And it goes on to say, and I will show him my salvation. I will show him my deliverance. God's will for you is long life. But not just long life in years, but a life that's full of good days. Amen? A life that is full of fruit. Amen? You know, I've just determined in my heart, I'm going to live till I'm satisfied. And I'll tell you right now, I'm not satisfied. I'm content and I'm happy, but there's more that God has for Mark Thomas. And I believe that there's much more that God's got for you. He wants you to have a good life, a satisfied life. Notice with me in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. I want to, I want to look at this as we transition to closing this morning. We've been talking about, for the last few weeks, a living hope. Say it with me, a living hope. Read it with me. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a lively hope by what? Notice it's because of His mercy that He begot you unto a lively hope 
Or we could say it this way, unto a living hope. By what? By the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Back in 2001, Sports Illustrated got to thinking about the greatest comebacks of all time. That year, of course, was 9-11. Thank God the United States of America is coming back. We got a ways to go, but we're coming back. I mean, as long as you and I are in this earth, the salt of the earth, the USA ain't going down the tubes. We're going to make it. But that was the year that the New York Yankees were playing the Arizona Diamondbacks. And the Arizona Diamondbacks were not doing so well, but the Arizona Diamondbacks had a comeback. In the last of the ninth inning, and the Arizona Diamondbacks won the 2001 World Series. On the list of the greatest comeback of all time was Elvis Presley. He was on it as a result of his 1968 special, TV special, that, that brought back to life his sagging career. Anybody ever heard of a guy named Muhammad Ali? Sting like a butterfly. Or no, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. That's a little early, you know. You know, I preferred Cassius Clay. You know, over Muhammad Ali. But we won't go there. But Muhammad Ali, he made the list when he returned from uh, a fourth seven-year exile from boxing to reclaim the world championship. And then Harry Truman. Some of the younger people go, Harry who? (laughs) Harry Truman made the cut. Owing to his 1948 victory over Thomas Dewey when all the polls had him losing by a large, large margin. They said, he's done for. We might as well just announce it. Dewey's the winner. But came that next morning, Truman won. And then there was a struggling NBA basketball player. You may not have heard of him by the name of Michael Jordan. I like Michael. I don't know how many NBA championships he won, but when his father was murdered and his father was killed, Michael really got down. And he kind of needed some time away from the limelight. And so Michael's, one of his dreams in life was, I want to be a professional baseball player. And so he went into the minors and Michael just wasn't a good baseball player. (laughs) And everybody thought, well, when is Michael going to come back? Well, you know what? He came back. And he found a spot on the top ten comebacks in history. And he won two more NBA championships. We don't have time to go into all of them today, but number two on the all-time comebacks was a tie between Japan and Germany. Japan and Germany were devastated in the Second World War but later became a world economic power within a generation. Think about that. The greatest comebacks of all time. Sports Illustrated, 2001. And the number one comeback of all time, named by the editors, was Jesus Christ. (laughs) Jesus Christ, A.D., 
stuns Roman critics, defies critics by the resurrection from the grave. <laughs> I want to look at 1 Peter 1.3 in the message translation today. And let's bring that up. Somebody shout, he is alive. Let's read it together. What a God we have and how fortunate we are to have him. This father of our master, Jesus, because Jesus was raised from the dead, we've been given a brand new life and have everything to live for. Hallelujah. So we've been born into a new life that has a confidence and a hope because he is alive. Because he came back to life, you can have a comeback, sir. You can have a comeback, young man. You can have a comeback, ma'am. Life may have you feeling down, and that's okay. You can place your hope this morning in the greatest comeback of all time. Death couldn't hold the God-man down. And if you'll just apply your faith today and tap into this resurrection power by simply believing, He can raise you up today as well. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, we thank you so much today that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever.